Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Damian Bulwa. Today on Fifth and Mission, you may have heard the term conservatorship, mostly in the legal fight around pop star Britney Spears. In cities like San Francisco, conservatorship is an everyday issue that doesn't often make the headlines. But it is controversial. The question is often whether a person having profound trouble caring for themselves should yield some of their own decision-making, often to a family member or to a county. As the Chronicle's Mallory Mensch reports, this tension was exposed when a U.S. Marine Corps veteran went missing from his San Francisco home. His younger sister had spent five years fighting to try to get her brother the care and support she believed he needed. Over the past year, Mallory pieced together the tragic story of Abraham Siliazar, what happened to him, and what it says about how we should care for some of our most vulnerable neighbors and loved ones. Mallory, who was Abraham Siliazar. Well, Abraham was an immigrant from El Salvador. He came here with his family when he was a teenager, and then he served as a Marine. He was in Asia for a couple years in the 1980s. His family describes him as many things gentle. He adored his niece, um, who was his sister Alexandra's daughter. They said he would give bear hugs so tight that they joked they couldn't breathe sometimes. Uh, he was a really loving man who attended church um, and also loved to read. Uh, his younger sister Alexandra described him like this to us. Abraham is the most loving sibling I could have dreamt of having. He was really thoughtful, regardless of the day that he might have had during the day. He never shared the difficulties, and I think that that came as being the older brother and I being the younger sister and trying to protect me. But Mallory, Abraham had challenges as he grew older, right? Abraham did have a number of challenges. After his service in the Marines, he struggled with PTSD and drinking. He tried rehab, and for a time, he didn't have a permanent place to live. He was moving between family members um, before he was able to move into a supportive housing apartment um, in just really a room in San Francisco. But then uh, the troubles continued and, and worsened because in 2015, uh, he was on the street and a stranger out of the blue, unprovoked, punched him in the face and he fell down and hit his head. He had then a traumatic brain injury and this eventually caused early onset dementia and he developed seizures. And then it starts this pattern over the next few years of him cycling in and out of emergency rooms. Uh, he would often try to leave against the doctor's advice. Um, Alexandra, who was so worried about him at this point, she describes how he would leave pill bottles unopened. He would miss medical appointments. Sometimes he ate rotting food. So Alexandra is growing concerned. What did she want to do to help him? 
Alexandra herself, interestingly enough, is a mental health therapist, and she believed that her brother couldn't take care of himself. And to her, the answer that she saw and that she wanted was conservatorship. So what she wanted was a judge to give her the power to be able to make medical decisions for her brother about his treatment and, and when he would go to the hospital and trying to get him in a facility where he could get more medical supervision. And she believed that she should make these decisions even if he was resistant because she and and sometimes his doctors said too that they believed he didn't realize how sick he was and he wasn't making choices uh, that were uh, caring for himself well. So conservatorships, as you describe, are really complicated. It sounds like they should be. How do you go about seeking one? You're right. It's very complicated. So there's multiple paths and, and ways to do that. There's two main types of conservatorship, but Abraham was only eligible for one. And in this one, uh, this could be is basically approved by a judge and uh, could either be petitioned the someone who's a family member or a paid professional or the county can petition the court for this kind of conservatorship. But the county office is in charge of this. They're not likely to do it if they see that there's a family member like Alexandra in this case who is willing to do it because the county doesn't want to take on that case and make all the decisions for this person if you've got a sister who's willing to do it. So the county couldn't do it in this case or wouldn't do it in this case. And so Alexandra can do it herself. Um, In order to do that, she needs to get a letter from a doctor uh, assessing Abraham's mental capacity, basically saying that he can't care for himself. And she needs that in order to go and file the paperwork. And the process itself is very complicated. Most people say you basically need an attorney to do it, and it can cost thousands of dollars to do that. So really challenging. So Mallory, I know that you reviewed a ton of paperwork to see what happened. What did happen as she tried to pursue this? Well, as I mentioned, they couldn't go through the county um, and the VA, uh, the Veterans Affairs, who was his main health care provider, um, did ask the county if they would do it. And they said no in, about, in 2016. So then from then on, Alexandra says that she was just trying to get this document signed by doctors so that she could go ahead and do it herself. But it appears from the thousands of pages of medical records that healthcare providers over the years uh, had different opinions about whether Abraham should be conserved. Some people said, yes, he cannot make these decisions for himself. You know, we're worried about him. Other people said maybe, yes, he needs more support, but he is able to make decisions or maybe conservatorship isn't the best way to help him and the best way to, to give Alexandra that power. Uh, so last year um, in the last um, meeting uh, that uh, Abraham had and with doctors, uh, a doctor and a social worker said, we know he needs more support, but we also don't necessarily think that that's through someone else making decisions for him. He needs to get an assisted living facility where he can get help with medication and with meals. Um, But the family couldn't afford that kind of facility in San Francisco, which is a common problem because it's really expensive and there's not that many places. So they said, we'll put him on a wait list to get a waiver so that he can get in one of these spots that he can't afford. But it's a long wait list. And Alexandra agreed that she wanted to get him in a different kind of housing, but she she did think that it would still make a difference if she was able to make medical decisions for him, um, especially when he was resistant. And because she didn't also always agree with the doctors about their decisions about his medical care. And so when that meeting happened last summer, it was in July 2020. Um, she was still wanting to conserve Abraham after that. Um, and that's when he went missing. All right, we're going to hear about what happened to Abraham Siliazar 
and get into the debate a little bit about conservatorship in San Francisco and other places. But first, a quick break and a reminder about our listener survey here on Fifth and Mission. We want to hear what you want to hear on the show. It'll take less than 10 minutes and you'll be entered to win one of $300 gift cards. Let us know what you think at sfchronicle.com slash survey. We'll be right back. You can support Fifth Emission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Bulwa, joined by Chronicle reporter Mallory Mench, who's out of our City Hall Bureau. Mallory, in August 2020, as you report, Abraham Siliazar goes missing. What happened? Well, Abraham left his housing in downtown San Francisco on August 10th. That's uh, the last thing that we know that happened to him. The night before, he had called his sister Alexandra and uh, told her over the phone that he wasn't feeling well. Uh, She tried to, to get paramedics to take him to the hospital, but he told them he didn't call, and so they didn't take him. And then she and and no one else really knows what happened to him after that. She filed a missing persons report with the police and she searched exhaustively every day. Dozens of people helped her. Uh, they searched all over the Bay Area. She called hospitals as far as Nevada and uh, they um, were not able to find him alive. Uh, in September 2020, uh, so about a month after he went missing, National Parks Police uh, found his body and it was in a ravine off a trail in Land's End. Um, And this is actually just behind the VA hospital, which is where he frequently went to receive medical care. So do we know what happened? We do not. Police and the medical examiner don't know how he got there, um, and they don't know how he died. Um, They uh, have interviewed some witnesses. Uh, Apparently, Parks Police were alerted to Abraham's body by two homeless people who were there. There are some small homeless encampments there, and uh, we and myself and others have gone to try to talk to people to find out what happened, but basically no answers. Um, The police, they don't suspect foul play. Um, Alexandra obviously is is traumatized. She is frustrated. She also has a lot of questions um, and wants more investigation into what happens. She thinks her brother would not have gone into that ravine. It's a steep ravine willingly or really have a lot of physical capability to do that. So she does want more investigation. Um, and obviously just imagining about what happened to him is incredibly traumatizing. So here is her uh, talking about how she is processing this loss. And I pray that I can, I can see him healthy and I can tell him, I'm sorry, we didn't succeed. We didn't get the services in time to save his life. And I pray that I see him again and I can hug him. Mallory, Alexandra is obviously, as you say, very frustrated a tragic circumstance. Should Abraham have been conserved? And and what does his story say about this larger debate that we're having still in San Francisco? That is really the the million dollar question. And just there's no way to know for sure whether conserving Abraham would have saved his life. You know, Alexandra really felt that, you know, she knew her brother had a number of challenges, but she always felt that 
what she wanted was, you know, to be able to, to hold him, to hold him when he died and to, you know, just ensure that he wouldn't have a premature death. And so she's convinced that conservatorship or being able to have more control over his medical care and where he lived uh, would have helped um, them able be able to have that closure. Um, but conservatorship is a really contentious debate in California, and there's so many different opinions on it. Obviously, we have Britney Spears' case, which fuels a camp of people who say that, well, conservatorship is forced treatment and it strips people of their civil rights. Um, it's also clear under the, under the law that conservatorship should be the last option after you've tried every other kind of voluntary treatment and housing and, and people have refused that. So you don't want it to be the first thing that you jump to. Um, but other people say that conservatorship can save lives and it is too hard to get. They see so many cases like Alexandra's uh, where people are trying to get help and people are, are literally dying um, and, you know, having control over getting them the help that they need, especially if they don't realize that they might need it, um, is important. Yeah, that does seem like a big complicating factor if someone doesn't understand that they're ill. But I want to get into another big tension that you explored, which is that conservatorship is particularly tricky in brain trauma cases. Yes. And to, to be fair, though, the law is clear that these decisions shouldn't be made on diagnosis alone. So, you know, whether you have or have a brain trauma or not, that that's not the basis alone for conserving someone. But brain trauma can really affect your, your cognitive abilities and your awareness of your own illness, which seemed to be the case for Abraham. And I did talk with the chief of neurosurgery at San Francisco General, and he was very passionate about this. He said it, it in his experience, it can be harder to get a conservatorship for someone with a traumatic brain injury than, say, someone with dementia because it's more commonly used for that. Um, and there's also another path of conservatorship for people who just have mental illness but that Abraham and maybe some other brain trauma patients aren't eligible for. And so the, the chief of neurosurgery at San Francisco General, he told me he's tried to conserve dozens of people over the past 20 years, um, and he sees them return to the hospital with other injuries that are related to their original brain trauma. And he has seen some people, uh, some of these patients have died in preventable accidents. So he really empathized with Alexandra's situation. So given all of this, Mallory, where do we stand right now in San Francisco? It's a city where a lot of people need more help, not necessarily conservatorships though, but certainly some kind of help. Definitely. And in San Francisco, it's particularly challenging, like I mentioned in Abraham's case, with trying to get an assisted living facility. Options to care for people that are less restrictive than conservatorship can be limited or expensive. And the city has reported that there are thousands of people who are struggling with mental illness and substance use who are also homeless. And I think anyone who walks around San Francisco can see this and sees people who looks like they really need help and, and are having trouble taking care of themselves for a number of reasons reasons. Um, but there's debate over what to do, of course. Um, S State Senator Scott Weiner, who represents San Francisco, has been an advocate for reforming conservatorship, and he um, authored a bill that created a pilot program in San Francisco that was trying to conserve people specifically who struggle with both mental illness and addiction, um, drug addiction um, more specifically. And this is for people who have been placed on psychiatric holds, so where a doctor or a police officer says, you know, you have to go to the hospital because you're a danger to yourself or others, and that has happened 
multiple times um, over a year or two, and they've also refused treatment multiple times. So it's it's a really high bar. And Senator Weiner thought that maybe a fifty to a hundred people might be eligible for this, but. They really just kicked this program into gear about a year ago, and they've only conserved two people under it so far. And the officials in charge of it uh, at this at the city and county level say they have been challenged because the eligibility requirements are so strict, and they do want to uh, help more people under the program who they originally intended it to benefit. Um, but they're facing some challenges in doing that. What does Alexander want to see changed? There are so many things that Alexander wants to see changed. There were a lot of aspects of this story that we couldn't get into in the written article. She wants more police investigation into what happened to her brother. She wants more interrogation of any witnesses who might have found him and know anything about what happened to him. She also wants more resources in the city to investigate missing person cases. She wants higher quality housing and more affordable housing with more support and more welfare checks for veterans. And she also wants laws to change so that it's easier to conserve people with traumatic brain injuries like her brother Abraham. Well, it's an incredibly tragic story. Mallory, thank you for doing it. Thank you for having me. Thanks to my guest today, Chronicle City Hall reporter Mallory Mensch. To King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thank you for listening.